I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. First cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round three recap for this week's Val Spar Championship. And joining me to break it all down from the scene, from his lounge chair, it's Mark Immelman. Hey, Mark. Uh, folks have to be watching this lot on uh, YouTube. Uh, yeah, I'm staying in. We're staying in the Fenway Hotel, which is this awesome old place. It's right on the water here, and the whole theme of the hotel is musical. So uh, you can see the Fenway symbol above my head. It's quite the place. I got to tell you. It's a symbol, but it looks like one of those gold records. Like you're like a, a very successful rock star or whatever. Like that's what it looks like from here. <laughs> I just I just need my lounging, my, my smoking jacket, and we'd be good to go, right? Uh, that's exactly right. Now, Mark, uh, remind us, you're uh, you're on site. You were with the – did I catch you with the Homa group this afternoon? Yeah, Is that I had where Max Homa. Yeah, I had Max Homa and Lucas Glover the entire day. Um, Max was sound, man, i got to tell you. Um, Lucas yeah. battled, but it was easy. The, the golf course was sort of on a knife edge that way, Rick, where it was hard enough where if you weren't hitting quality shots, you were going to get tripped up. And easy enough where if you were playing well, you could shoot low, shoot low scores. And we saw that. We saw a few 63s in the morning and, and boys put together some decent rounds in the afternoon. But all that being said, you, you still have to bring all of your game to uh, the uh, Copperhead course because it's it's difficult, man. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, Max specifically here in just a few minutes. I was impressed with his round today. And you can watch coverage on Sunday on CBS beginning at 3 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch on your local CBS station over the air or through your cable provider. You can also watch via CBS Sports app or at cbssports.com for free. And as always, you can take CBS with you anywhere you go via Paramount Plus on all your streaming devices. Dare I say... There are two horses at the top of this leaderboard. Mark Keegan Bradley and Sam Burns are going to share the 54-hole lead heading into Sunday. Let's start with Keegan Bradley. It was a two under 69 on Sunday. His, uh, you know, his career I think is well documented from the putting struggles. Now telling us, you know, before the week, you mentioned this on Tuesday, feeling like he's putting the best he ever has, or at least has mm-hmm. in a long time and he's starting to see uh those gains out on the golf course 
Yeah, but the truth of it is, Rick, uh, you saw some of it this afternoon where he's a, always been a tremendous ball striker. Um, mm-hmm. So it hits the ball through the window almost. And, and, and it's one of those Keegan Bradley where the ball striking just comes easy. You know, he just hits the center of the club face regularly. But you saw late on Saturday afternoon here and you'll see more of it tomorrow. And it's even more... Um, heightened the emotions and everything involved Sunday afternoon where today you saw, I think there were three short misses. Uh, good news yep. for him, they were all missed high. Um, because that, that means that, you know, maybe he's starting the ball on the line and there's not some, something wonky with a stroke. But if, you, if you're missing high as well and you're overreading putts, that also tells me that you're adopting a defensive sort of a posture mentally. So there's, there's, there's good and there's bad to me in this and that High misses don't mean you're shutting the face down or the path is errant or whatever the case might be. But it tells me that Keegan might be confident, might be putting well, but you're going to have to make those putts tomorrow afternoon if you want to win. Because, yeah, I know this thing's been sort of separated to a certain extent. And I think the guys at 10, if they get out and do five under, you know, you might have a shot. Um, but you're not going to back into this victory. You're going to have to make putts coming down the stretch. And 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 Keegan knows this, and I'm sure he'll be spending some time on the putting green this evening just to galvanize whatever it is that he's been working on. Yeah, do you worry that um, when the pressure gets ratcheted up on a Sunday, you could, in theory, revert to old-slash-bad habits? Your your weakness could get magnified? I mean, do you, I, I worry about that for Keegan on Sunday under in, in the heat. That is such a good question because everybody with an earshot of this podcast has played golf and everyone's been there when you know you found your little swing key <laughs> and then you do it and then you try and you remember it and you play the stuff over in your mind and then you hope to bring the stuff tomorrow and then you get there and maybe in warm up, you know, you miss one or two and then all of a sudden you're kind of clutching at straws kind of thing. And so, so yes, I am a little concerned that you could get back to old habits, but the good news for Keegan Bradley is he's won at the highest level at the PGA Championship, and he's got Scott Vale on the bag. And Scott Vale is highly experienced, and he's been on w- many, many winning bags on the PGA Tour. So he'll know how to shepherd his, his guy through this, and he would have been on hand for whatever putting lesson that was taken. So uh, Scotty Vale knows what, what's up. He'll make sure that his guy does what's necessary because, look, it's uh, it'll be fruitful for both of them if he does. That's certainly true. Our co-leader, Sam Burns, also at 14 under. Mark, he's had some Sunday troubles of his own. We talk about Sam Burns often here on the First Cut Podcast. We know the ceiling of Sam Burns. We also know he was in the final group at Torrey Pines, four putts the first green. We know that he had a multiple shot lead on Sunday at Riviera, comes up empty-handed there as well. This is his third 54-hole lead or co-lead this season already. Jordan Spieth, uh, the only other guy with as many. I mean, I I have concerns about Sam Burns as well going for his first PGA Tour victory. Yeah, you know, every every contender is always a little flawed. You know, everyone has their Achilles heel and the champions are the folks who navigate their way around it or can or deal with whatever the issue might be on, on any given day. And for Sam, I, I, I feel like maybe he's been baptized in the fire enough now and maybe there's enough experience and enough uh, road wear on those tires that he'll know how to deal with the adverse situations tomorrow. Because the thing about Burns, and we talked about this last week in New Orleans, um, his high is just so high. Yeah. I mean, he hits the ball magnificently well, and he's got this, this swagger about him that you don't – that's innate. 
you, you, you don't learn that. And he's got this quiet confidence about him, but his lows are just too low right now. And, and you win tournaments when you take the bad moments and you get your way around there without any uh, anything real disastrous happening. So for him, if I think if he gets off to a good start tomorrow, uh, that'll be really good. Um, he did today, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But if he gets off to a good start, maybe they'll just settle the nerves a little bit. But the beauty about it for uh, Burns and Bradley and Homer uh, and maybe the 10s, but I would say those top three guys, they've split themselves from the peloton just enough. Maybe Keegan and Sam can make a bogey or two early, still have it a bit of, bit of an advantage. Because I think over that uh, back nine, that second nine, I can't see a whole heck of a lot of ground being made up. You know, the par fives you can get, and then uh, 12's a tricky short par four. But otherwise, you're hanging on to your hat. So I really can't see someone from well down the field just going bananas on the back nine and posting something silly. So I think if there's anything playing into the favor of these two guys that have sort of um, – that have uh, burrs in the saddle or whatever you want to call it, I, I think the fact that they're so far ahead is helpful. That quick start that Mark is alluding to was an eagle on number one for Sam Burns, where he had 233 yards into the par five. He hits hybrid, uh, almost jars it. It uh-huh. ends up, it ends up finishing. I don't know, a foot out from uh, the cup, and he taps that in for eagle to get his round underway. Yeah, the, just, just to that, if I can comment yeah, on that, Charlie. I mean, that that speaks to the gears that he has, because from there you have to elevate the thing fast, which he can do. You're taking it to a blind target. The tar- the green's way above you. It's guarded by a huge bunker. You know that long is basically cooked and you're not making birdie. Most golfers would sting the thing out to the left-hand side, left center of the green, take two putts and out. Not Sam Burns. He just goes ahead and takes dead aim at a back right hole location with a <laughs> hybrid. And that's just insanity. And he pulled it off. And I mean, that shows you what his ceiling is. One shot back and three clear of the chasers at four is the man that you got to watch up close and personal today. It's Max Homa. While our co-leaders both made bogey on 18, it was Homa who birdies 18 to close the gap. And he was absolutely sublime on his approaches specifically today, including holing out from 137 yards on number six today, Mark. <laughs> yeah, uh, second hole we joined him of the day, and he goes and holds a wedge from the middle of the fairway. But but that was any part of the story. I mean, you guys know me. I, I look at a player's control, and when I say control, the ability to, to vary trajectory, high and low, and especially around here, to small targets that demand precision, you have to be able to lift and flatten the trajectory, especially with the winds as we had them. And this boy was not only accurate and on point distance-wise, but he was hitting every window. And the only bad shot I saw him hit really was the tee shot of, a tee shot of 18. And I looked at this round, and I've watched him play before. But to me today, Max Homer has just taken a different st- – he's taken another step. He, he was an elite ball striker to me today. He was an elite player. Um, he moves fast between golf shots. I mean, remember, I'm a, a, the on-course announcer. I'm positioned like 20, 30 yards ahead of them. So I'll get to golf balls to investigate before they do. This guy, after he's hit, he was getting to the golf ball at the same time as I was, which tells you how quickly he's moving between shots. 
And I mean, there was times I was investigating lies with him standing right next door to me. <laughs> and then when he's over the thing, he, he's really patient. He seems unfazed by stuff. Mentally, he's sharp. And I think maybe that time, those few years when he was in the doldrums with the game, some that sort of put the game into perspective and galvanized it for him. And then he's done some work with with Mark Blackburn, where this guy he just wore out the center of the face today and hit everything on the button. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, um, given Keegan's skill with ball striking and Sam Burns the same thing, they're going to have to beat Max Homer because that guy looked all of the part today. To add some stats to what you saw out there, and this is via Justin Ray, Max Homa gains 4.01 strokes on approach today, the most of anyone in the field and the best single round of his career. So he was absolutely dialed in. And Mark, it it, it does not it does not uh, get past us that if Max Homa wins on Sunday, he would join Stuart Sink and Bryson DeChambeau as the only multi time winners on tour this year can you believe that <laughs> they're the air contender mm-hmm. that's right absolutely yeah, yeah no I, I giggled at you I, i'm so glad carl isn't on this podcast because <laughs> all carl would have been talking about was the strokes gained approach that's and i'm right. like yeah yeah he hit the ball marvelously but it's not just about the distance that you're hitting from and the distance you hit it from the hole it's how you move it there. And this guy was hitting balls that were just putting through the wind. And like, like I said, on, on 13, past three playing downhill, hip wind, nothing but disaster all the way around the green. He hits this nine iron, like towering. That thing came down vertically, and he happened to keep the ball hole high. Now, everyone else was scooting the thing to the back of the green or missing short. This ball came in vertically right and then the very then one hole prior on 12 you back into the breeze and he flattens off this eight iron that almost flew like it was running across the top of a table and i was like my goodness gracious this guy's got it going on and it if he brings us tomorrow boy he is going to be a tough out his his trajectory in the last year or so has been fun to watch. He seems to get better each and every week. We're going to take a look at the betting board over at William Hill. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back. Mark, William Hill says uh, this is very clear. It is a three-horse race. Keegan Bradley is the favorite. It's two to, He's two to one. Both Sam Burns and Max Homa, two and a half to one. After that, we're getting down into the 20 to one, 25 to one range. So William Hill says the winner will be Keegan Bradley, Sam Burns, or Max Homa, the way that you have described it to me from what you saw on Saturday. It appears that you think Max Homa is the favorite to win this golf tournament. Is that accurate? I think so. Um, I'm surprised they're making Keegan the favorite given the deficiencies with a putter. So clearly the guys at William Hill hang out with you first cut guys because that's right. They, they give, they're giving <laughs> a big advantage to ball striking. But we've said this, I've said this, and I'm going to say it until I go to my 
grave. If you want to win, you've got to make putts from inside of eight feet in the final few holes. A whole day, preferably, but, but the final few holes. And, and Sam Burns is a good putter. Max Homer, to me, is the most complete player of the bunch there. And, and look, anyone can win if they get going. But it's going to be hair-raising stuff for these three guys coming down the stretch. And Homer, of those three, is the most recent winner. And he won around a demanding golf course in Riviera where you just put one foot wrong and you've got a golf ball rolling down a hill somewhere into kingdom come. And so uh, I, I think not only physically does he have the gifts and the traits, but I think mentally he has the experience to to hang in around a golf course that's likely to test you. And there's going to be one or two uh, little trip-ups and landmines along the way, and you're going to have to be very smart about how you uh, navigate those. We can throw the odds out the window. I'm kind of looking at this from almost a bit of a storyline angle. I mean, Keegan Bradley, this would be his first win since 2018 BMW. So he has won since that anchor ban that we know all that's well documented since that mm-hmm. has gone into effect. This would be Sam Burns' first victory. And Max Homa, as we mentioned, he would he would literally thrust himself into the player of the year. Uh, conversation because he'd be one of the few guys who has won multiple times. So I'm kind of thinking like, I don't think any of these guys need this victory. I I think it would be cool to see Sam get his first, but I really think Max Homa going from Twitter celebrity, you know, a year ago or whatever to winning Riviera to doing what, I mean, he's played excellent this year to winning again would really validate him. And then he'd go and I guess he wouldn't defend. No, he would defend. He would defend. Yeah, he would defend next week. Like, like this could be a. Like, I like that story. I kind of just want to see him win. (laughs) It's a heck of a story. I'm glad you brought up Quail Hollow. That just came to me now. Um, uh, He's clearly playing the best golf of his career. Uh, He's Mm -hmm. comfortable where he is because, you know, winning, as I've sort of tried to document, there's so many things that go into it, but you've also got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And and that's what the the, the final group represents. Keegan and Bradley, uh, Keegan uh, Bradley and Sam Burns are going to be in uncomfortable spots. Uh, And even though you're playing well, there's just that mental and emotional toil that you go through and Homer's right, right out in front. This is, setting up perfectly for him to post something. So I'll lend the edge to him. Uh, But me personally, um, Keegan's a great guy. I love to see him win, but I just want to see Sam Burns break his seal. Because when he does, I feel like it could be prolific. I mean, this boy is gifted. And, And when he finally gets that one out of the way, who knows what the future might hold. Max Homa won't have his buddy Taylor Gooch in the final group with him on Sunday. Ted Potter Jr. will have to do uh, this time around. Okay, Mark, uh, much appreciated. Uh, We will see you and hear you out there on Sunday. I hope you enjoy. But for now... Let me thank producer Jacob. He does all the hard work behind the scenes. Let me thank Mark Immelman, who you can find on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.